Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is the Hip Hop Save My Life podcast. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Hope you enjoy the podcast. Now sit back because it's time for the podcast. Welcome to Hip Hop Save My Life. Uh, I'm here with Rui Madge. How are you? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm good, thank you. I got elbowed in the face this morning. By, by accident? Yes, by accident, but it was really hard. I was on the tube, yeah. and it came to a sudden stop, and this guy just fucking cracked me straight in the face. I've done that to someone uh, the other way around. What do you mean? You, well, you faced the northern you line, their I, elbow. I fell back and elbowed someone, a girl, and she started crying. She started crying? Yeah, for the whole, of the whole of the trip. I was just like feeling terrible. Oh my God. But you stayed well, on. I would have just got off at the next station. Yeah, of course I would. I just like you want to fucking cry. see that. Uh, speaking of assaults on public transport, we have got <laughs> one of our favourite guys. Now listen. Favourite assaulters. This guy, he is such a good bloke. He came on this podcast when it's fucking nothing. When we were recording it on on our laptops. Yeah, when we Maybe. had like no. three listeners. Yeah. Uh, he came on, he gave up his time. He's an a- he's making the best music of his career right now, so we had to have him back on. Uh, it's Michael Payne. Hello, mate. Hello, mate. How you doing? <laughs> <laughs> People might have heard me stifling my laughter during that first, conversation. First return guest. Yeah, <laughs> you're our first, you're our first second you part. serious? Yeah. Right, you need to get, we need to give him something, some sort of... Uh, yes, we will. I'll give you this uh, Beer 52 sponsorship form <laughs> that you. I've got to read the advert for later. <laughs> People coming in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, how are you, man? Yeah, good, you know. Good, good. I was just, um, I was, I've, I've had your little story on my on my mind since you told it about uh, getting on the train and elbow. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah go on. And I, I would have stayed on. Just, yeah, I just want to make that clear. Why? Because if I got off, it would have looked intentional. That's true. No, but you would got you'd, you'd pull up and you go, oh, this is me. You sort of just say it. You sort of act it out, wouldn't you? Yeah, you give a little bit of a. I'd, I'd just like say it and just be like, "Are you all right?" But I'd, yeah. if I got off, it would look like someone would make a meme out of that. Oh, I see what you're saying. And say. then it would be the fun so you, you get music. on, you crack someone in the head, <laughs> exactly. and then walk off. <laughs> yeah, that's a bad look. I don't want right. to be a meme. Rule number one in this modern age is don't become a meme. Yeah. And I get nervous sometimes when I'm in the car. I get nervous because I, d- I don't know if you know a comedian called Paul McCaffrey. There's nothing to do with him being in the car, but he did a show <laughs> called Impractical Jokers. Mm. And yeah, he I've was heard like, of the show. Yeah, so that went massive. It was the British version of the uh, American show. Uh-huh. And it went massive. And then somebody took a photo of him just eating a burger in Nando's. <laughs> and it that, was yeah. absolutely. I'm sure Paul won't mind me saying this. It's we'll one of the worst it, photos I've seen of anyone. Yeah. And, like, and he didn't even know the photo was being taken. It was just like yeah. somebody just went, oh, that's a geezer from Impractical Jokers, and just took a picture of him just fucking. <laughs> Inhaling this burger, <laughs> it was like he, it was his Ed Miliband moment. Do you know what I mean? Just it was horrible. Um, so yeah, I know what you mean. I yeah. get scared about that. I also get I know scared. What you meme. I know nice. you mean. Yeah, nice. you You've been doing a lot of those recently. Yeah, yeah, that's all I got. No, but it's good. It's really good. He's sort of it's like, organic. He's quiet. Yeah. Yeah. Gets excited whenever somebody starts talking about anything other than hip hop, <laughs> and occasionally an does a pun. That's kind there of speaking of puns though. You're the 
I mean, you fucking love a pun, don't you? I do love a pun, you know. It's get, I reckon it's getting boring for some people. No, I don't think it is. It's been relentless for like... It has been. So, is that... Almost how did this come about? I mean, we should talk about your music, but let's talk about this first of all. What is the deal? Uh, do you know what? I think it just comes from before Instagram. I used to, like, some of my close friends will know that I used to love writing captions on photographs. Right. It's just a thing of mine. Yeah. Don't know where it came from. I think it just comes from tr just trying all the time to be a lyricist. Mm, yeah. Use words to some creative degree and um i started doing that and then i remember do you know the first person the person that told me to get instagram was example he was my first follower right he was like because I, I used to love a pun or two on twitter yeah and then uh, examples like you should get instagram so i got instagram he was my first follower and then it's just become i don't know it's just become a thing of mine to just practice just to practice being a lyricist right that's all it is you know um and it's just nice that it's entertaining for some people People will know that you uh, that you did part one yeah. of Night Elm on Mare Street, right? Yeah, really recently, yeah. end of last year, yeah. end of 2019. Featuring a, a stellar lineup of guests. Yeah. I mean, yeah, um, including yourself. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, that's what you meant by stellar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I didn't um, get the call. You didn't get the call. No, I left a message. Uh, yeah. You don't check. That's your voice a shame. That is a shame. That is a shame. But it's an amazing record, man. Um, Thank you very much. Mike's back, nigga, listen up. I get it popping like snacks in the cinema. If life's good, celebrate, get liquored up. But if the glass is half full, get a bigger cup. You don't want to get taken for a little mug. But when a tax man comes, you got to give it up. Stick them up. But you've got to be rich enough to get a woman that's a fox like Vivica. Or Serena Williams with a bigger bum. When they see the millions, they'll give you some. They'll agree to come round for a little fun. But if you get little funds, you might get a pity fuck. I ain't saying it's only money that women love. But I've had my fair share of gold diggers, bruv. Now I'm back to the bars that my Your attention to detail with lyrics is something that one, I think people really love about you, but two, I think people feel like that's a bit of a lost art at the moment, or it just feels like there isn't a, there isn't as much prominence being put on that as yeah. maybe in the past. Right? Is that something you're conscious of? I've, it's something that I've been conscious of even when I started rapping. I right. kind of sense a shift anyway. Right. Um, Jay-Z had warned me about it on the Black Album. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I wanted to rhyme like Common Sense. I did. I sold five mil and I ain't rhyme like Common Sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Do you know yeah. what I mean? There were People were dropping breadcrumbs yeah, before yeah. I really was, you know, that serious about it, before I, you know, started to even forge a career yeah. in it. So it's always been something that's kind of apparent to me, that the lyricism is, like you said, an art that seems to be dying but there are people that are still dropping gems that you can that, that even though it's more rare it, it's not non-existent which yeah. is a good thing yeah you're somebody who we've all had that experience of listening to a tune that we've listened to loads and then suddenly you get a metaphor or you, you know suddenly oh, yeah. you go oh that's what that is do you know what I mean that's an amazing feeling music isn't sort of being listened to I bang on about this so much but it's much more disposable now. That's the way a lot of people listen yeah. to it. And so those things that reward attention are sort of fa have fallen by the wayside a little bit, haven't yeah. they? Yeah. It feels so much better when people come to me to say, you know, I just got a line that yeah, you yeah. put on a tune, you know, six years ago. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't, I, I genuinely don't lose any respect for them because I, you know, I dug deep. It's almost like, 
creating a treasure hunt. Yeah. You'd feel angry at yourself if people found the treasure too early. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you think, oh, I'm not really good at hiding things. And that's what I want to do. I think part of lyricism is being able to hide something within something else. Yeah. And, um, and just letting people find it for themselves. But there's no time limit on, on when you find it. So, uh, an example for me was Lupe Fiasco. He used to just go deep within... It was like lyrical inception. Yeah. You know, you think of the first metaphor, you just go deeper. You know, you think of mm. something else. And he's been like pro- possibly the biggest inspiration on my lyrics. Really? Yeah. So, he's like the rapper's rapper, isn't he? And I like, think so. Yeah. I think so. And again, like kind of, uh, kind of forgotten, you know. What, in... ha- what, what's the deal with that? Because when he dropped his first album, everybody was so excited. And yeah. it doesn't... I mean, Lasers people gave uh, gave him a lot of shit for, didn't they? Yeah, uh, I wasn't really a, a fan of Lasers personally. Yeah. Um, I really liked um, the first two, yeah. Food and Liquor and um, Lupe Fiasco's The Call. Yeah, you know, I lo- The Call. What an album, man! That that album changed my life in more ways than one. I remember um, uh, Maharishi, uh, Doctor Romanelli, and Lupe Fiasco. They did this three way collaboration. They they released this. Uh, silk satin jacket this right. bomber jacket with all the artwork embroidered yeah. in like gold stitching it was like a pink silk lining with with like a black outer yeah. it was the pengest jacket right yeah. i got it it from sounds the expensive it really was but I, yeah. I had a mate who was working at the uh maharishi sample sale at the time and even there it was expensive but then he gave me a little discount and it was one of those things it was still expensive but it was a lot cheaper than it should have been yeah so this jacket there was a there was an older I used to uh, I used to hang around in the Beauvoir estate and there was another estate uh, next to ours and you know we used to sort of plot in there sometimes and you know you just looked up to the guys in the most the, just the 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 sickest guys yeah, yeah. you know um, people kind of saw through you when you were younger you know but then I dropped this jacket once <laughs> and I just felt like a somebody because <laughs> he was like right that jacket's heavy that yeah, jacket's yeah. heavy and I was like yeah. Okay, cool. And that was, yeah, that's why I feel like that album not only changed my life musically, but it, Lupe Fiasco gave me a real sense of like individualism when it came to style as well. You know, getting dressed in the fucking morning. You know? Yeah. Um, so I owe a lot to that guy. And, and I feel like the, the first episode that I appeared on, I never really paid homage to him, right. to be honest. I Has that been playing me? on your mind ever since? It has, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's been the main reason I wanted to come back. <laughs> well, it's good for you to sort of come back here and put that to bed, because I know, you know, we've been talking about it a lot, and you're saying, look, man, I just don't know why I didn't big up Lupe the way I needed to on that first time, and it's sort of... Maybe that's why he's sort of gone a bit quiet. Yeah. Yeah. I think that yeah. might be, actually. Mm. That might be the reason for yeah. the, 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 the hiatus. But he is coming back. Yes, he, he is. is. Yeah. He's, he's playing in the UK in oh, yeah. June or July. Yeah, I filmed with him. In America, Sick. and we did this thing where I went to his gig, and he took me out on stage with him at this gig in LA, just for like for shits and giggles. Yeah, and then <laughs> there were people in that crowd that knew his lyrics backwards, right? And listen, I love lyrics, but I I could I couldn't <laughs> me- you know I, there's no way I had that in my locker, right? And so he was going up to people in the front row and putting, giving them the mic, and they were like spitting perfectly. Mm. And I just started shitting myself. I can't enjoy this gig because what if this fucking guy, what if he comes over? Like I could do the chorus of Superstar, 
But, uh, <laughs> but, but I can imagine you belting that out as well. I'd like to hear that. That's yeah. within your range. Yeah, I bet yeah, it is. Yeah. I bet, I bet oh. you can do it full setup. Yeah. <laughs> but secretly, you're a heavy singer. But um, but it's like he's, he's one of those that whenever you talk to people, people that like him love him. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. I, I wonder if he feels like he hasn't got what he deserves in terms of like, because he's ploughing his own furrow, isn't he? Very yeah. much. I mean, he's into like. He's into the martial arts and he's got his own thing, hasn't he? Very yeah. much so. And like, I think he was. I think he's an underrated. He's a forefather of a certain type of MC, myself included. I'll be honest with you. Yeah. You know, without songs like Kick Push, I don't think I'd have written songs like Dirty Rider about yeah. cycling. Obviously, yeah, yeah. you know, granted, it's not about skateboarding, but it was about my. Passion, yes. you know. First got it when he was six, didn't know any tricks. Matter of fact, first time he got on it, he slipped, landed on his hip and busted his lip. For a week he had to talk with a list like this. Now we can end the story right here, but Shorty didn't quit. It was something in the air. Yeah, he said it was something so appealing. He couldn't fight the feeling, something about it. He knew he couldn't doubt it, couldn't understand it. Brand it since the first kick flip, he landed. Uh, labeled a misfit, a bandit. Cocoon, cocoon. His neighbors couldn't stand it so Because it was a, it was an unusual thing to hear a song about. Was I mean I know I know skateboarding Absolutely. I know skateboarding and hip hop have got a connection. Yeah, there is a tacit link, isn't yeah, there? Yeah, yeah. But but to have somebody do a song about it, it, exactly. was, it was unusual, wasn't it? Absolutely. It was incredible, though. It was yeah. so catchy. I remember seeing him doing it live right in the corner yeah. at uh, Deal Real. Um and just I idolized him for a while, you know. Yeah. It was the it was the ability, it was his ability to be so do you remember Gold Watch? Yeah. When he just lists all the shit he likes. <laughs> That's just such a God, sick concept yeah. for a song, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. And and obviously the whole concept of rap for a while was to list shit you like. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it was more expensive cars yeah, and yeah. watches and jewellery and promiscuity and that's yeah. all very well and good, but he was like, I like Monocle magazine, and <laughs> and he opened my eyes to a lot of shit. You yeah. know? just through that song. Yeah, just through that song. Um, Yoji Yamamoto. I'd never heard of Yoji Yamamoto yeah. before Lupe Fiasco mentioned it. Yeah, even you know, and then he took it retro. Yeah, talking about who he likes to play Street Fighter with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was just incredible. Like Yoji Yamamoto when I max rode solo, leather Gucci belts and guilty brotherhood polos. I like Mont Blanc pins and Moleskine paper. I like go yard bags. And green now or later, Monocle magazine and Japanese manga, Futura Nasferatu's and HDM trainers. I love Street Fighter 2, I just really hate Zangief only Ken and Ra. Do I find it hard to be Blanka? Keep a wee ninja. You know, I see that in stand up, you know, because in stand up, when I'm writing stuff, you sort of think, well, what do people, you know, the, the mistake is to write what people ex you think people expect of you. Yeah. And actually, you sort of think, well, I'm into this. And I don't think people know that I'm into that. Yeah. And it's a weird thing to be into. And then you think, well, fuck it, I'm just going to talk about it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and it's that, it's liberating, isn't it? Because because nobody's going to be, that's how you achieve individuality, isn't it? When you're not afraid to sort of go, this is what I'm into, Absolutely. or this is who I am, or whatever, you know? Absolutely. But it's as easy and as difficult as that, basically. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think it just takes the guts, isn't it? Yeah. Everyone likes something. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I think that there's just not enough, them you know, n not everybody who is passionate about something is willing to speak on it. Yeah, yeah. Know? And the, you know, the, the talented few, some of them aren't, they don't really have anything that they're that passionate about. Yeah. So they'll use their talent to, like you said, say what they expect, um, what they think people expect them yeah, to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? 
there are and then there are people like Lupe yeah. that are just completely individual. Yeah, and yourself, obviously. I mean, you are. I, I, there's no doubt that you're an individual, man. Do you know what I mean? So it's like. Yeah, I, even after 50 m- minutes of me just saying that, like uh, Lupe Fiasco basically cut my whole pattern. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. No, I do feel. I, yeah, I've, I've in in some weird way I do feel individual yeah. because of me. Just I guess I didn't copy anything of Lupe's. I just copied just the 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 kind of the desire to actually say yeah you know what i mean yeah i know what you mean by the way when you had that nice jacket this is the thing i used to get nervous about how old were you when you had that jacket oh i must have been in my um late teens early 20s yeah early 20s so i used to get nervous you know when you get a nice jacket or a nice thing and you're at a train station this happened to me and a couple of mates and then a bloke you know, like one of them, like a bloke from round your way who's a fucking nutcase. Yeah. Will come up to you and go, bro, can I try that jacket on? Oh, my God. <laughs> and you know, you know that's, it. that's it. Yeah. You're never going to see that jacket. It's horrible. <laughs> that feeling of going, I am hand, I'm mm. basically giving you this. It happened to me. And you, what was the jacket? It was some moody Ralph jacket with like a yeah. three legged horse on it. Whatever. But like, <laughs> it makes it satisfying. But like, it happened to a mate of mine. And I, I remember saying to my mate, I've never fucking let that happen to me. As soon as I got asked, I handed it over with my jeans. <laughs> bowing, yeah. bowing backwards. Being, uh, I think, I think, I don't know very many people that weren't uh, at least victims of an attempted robbery. You're right. You know, there was there were the lucky few that were the actual perpetrators. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that were the robbers themselves. But yeah, it's one of the most horrible feelings. You yeah. know, um, I can remember two examples of actually being robbed, but one example of not having it and right. just being on the train and this. This person just trying to rob me in front of like a, a crowded train of right. passengers, and me just being so kind of naive, I guess, that I didn't realise that they were trying to rob me. So I was literally just giving them like f- just flatly going no. Yeah, <laughs> they would. I had I had a, a brand new Nike beanie. Right, and uh, it was so much more precious because we weren't even allowed to wear brand name stuff to the school I went to. Right, you right, know? right. so it was like you, you put it on in secret when you got mm. out of school. And uh, and 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 this this guy got on, uh, and it was like Northwest London, innit? and right. I already knew about that, that, that kind of that, those ends at the time, you know. And uh, he uh, he was like, "Yeah, that's a nice hat. Let me try it on." I was like, <laughs> "No." But the reason I said <laughs> no, the reason I said no wasn't even because I thought he was going to try and rob me. It's because yeah. I thought I don't want hair lice on my shit. <laughs> <laughs> you might have lice. Yeah. yeah. I'd been taught so much about yeah. hair lice by yeah. that time that I was just like... You were so optimistic, you thought you were going to get that hat back and it'd be dirty. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And what did he say when he said no? He was like, come on, bro, let me just try it on, let me just try it on. I was like, nah, nah. In the end, he just gave up and got off. That's amazing. I never know the guts. Well, then you didn't know, though. Didn't mean? know exactly, that's the thing. So it's not really bravery if you don't it's know. It's bravery in the absence of understanding. Yeah, Exactly. <laughs> Night on Mare Street, mm. you sort of talk a lot about... We Obviously, Michael's back, you know, that's the whole thing about it. You've been away and what was the... Sort of you allude to it on that record that you were feeling, I guess, what, uninspired or you sort of... You felt yeah. like you didn't want to create anything. What exactly What exactly happened? It was a mixture of things, I guess. It was just you, you, get, to a, you get to a point in your... Um, in your in your career or or whatever you know the spell of being uh creative where too many negative things have happened against the positive things right. or you or you just start remembering the negative things they seem to have so much more gravitas yeah um and i i don't know i just i just got tired just 
yeah, for a multitude of reasons, you know, um, and decided for a while that I wasn't going to rap anymore. Really? Yeah. And then decided that I was. It was kind of as simple <laughs> as that. You know, I try not to be too profound in the reasons for doing things because sometimes there isn't really that profound a reason. Yeah. I just got bored of it because I thought that, you know, um, I'd had some negative experiences and a part of me thought that people don't even want to hear it. I was on the brink of packing it in. Things were getting ugly, but the ting's attractive again. They were saying, what's wrong with pain? What's happened to him? You couldn't get a longer wait from a racket at gym. The wait's over. Sorry about the delay. Our fans never want to see us leave like a gilet. But when it all starts to take the piss, you need a wee break. I've met more arseholes in this shit than a B-Day. What negative experience did you have? Because I know... I mean, I don't being, being, being dropped from the label was like the big one. Right. You know, that was... That was that changes your life, you know. You, you think it won't because, you know, I look back on it and in hindsight, I'd only been signed for a small percentage of my actual career. Right. But it does change your life. It sure. gives you such a big safety net yeah. it gives you such a blanket. You've got a feeling in the back of your head of legitimacy, mm. of like, you know, you're a... You've almost got the validation that you're yeah. signed, right? Exactly. And you and the future just looks so much brighter, right? As a result of it, because let, whether we like it or not, money is the gauge of people's interest, yeah. isn't it? And if someone says to you, "You're so good at rapping that I'm literally going to give you some money," <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, it's I such totally, a weird concept. Totally you as a comedian that. will understand. Mate, the, 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 the first time I got booked for a weekend club, right, and they paid for my hotel for the two nights. It was only like a travel lodge. I jumped up and down on that bed. I couldn't believe right? that they wanted me to come and do comedy money, so yeah. much mm. that it would pay for me to have somewhere to stay for two nights. It, like, it blew my mind. It's I totally mental. get it, man. Right. I totally get it. So getting, getting this advice, it changes your mentality. Right. You know? I, I feel like I didn't do it in an arrogant way, but I just... I felt... I just felt like the future was bright. Yeah. You know, people actually believe in You're it. on a trajectory. Yeah. You this is the start of your upwards trajectory. Exactly, right. exactly. And, um, you know, there were some, there were people that when, like you said, you get that validation from the label. And there were people that once I was on this platform, once I had this label backing me, were very attentive and were very responsive and yeah. would get back to me, have conversations with me. Those same people were nowhere to be seen after a while. Right. When, when, you know, you know yeah, when, I'm, when, I'm, when I'm sort of independent mm. and I'm trying to holler at the same people. And you try not to be bitter about it, yeah. but it does great on you. Were you surprised by this? Was it people that you Absolutely, sort of, because right. I thought to myself, I'm no less talented. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I am no less talented. Yeah. Uh, a company just decided that we are not working together anymore. That's right. all it boils down to, isn't yeah. it? When you yeah, get of course. From yeah, yeah. You're no less uh, talented. No, and you don't, and you don't, you haven't suddenly changed. But like, I found it almost the other way. Like when I first did, when I first started doing telly, and then like I suddenly started getting booked easier. I think to myself, I get why this is happening, but I'm not any better than before I did the show. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's right. those weird, like, signifiers that people have to have, and it's like... Because you assume that people have bought into you because they like what you do. You do. And because mm. they think you're talented. Exactly. And they buy into what it is. And then, when, for, for whatever reason, 
they don't get in touch with you or they don't respond to you. You sort of go, oh, so actually what you're into was the status that I held at that right. point, do you know what I mean? And that right. is... Uh, because the, the other thing is you feel like... I feel like... And you must feel like... You feel like you're always going to be able to see through it. Yeah. But you're not. That's a, that's the truth of it. People are very good at seeming sincere in how much they care about you and how invested they are in you. But the truth is... Is a lot of it is is bullshit. Do you Absolutely, know what I mean? it is it is bullshit. But it, it's hard. It's mm. difficult. Some people you expect it from, and you sort of go. I I sort of think to myself now. There are some people that I know for a fact. If I fall out of favour with the channels or whatever, I won't hear from them again. And I expect that, and I won't even begrudge them that. But there are some people that if they stop getting, I would be surprised. Like, yeah, 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 actually shocked. Yeah. Offended is a is a, is such a is a horrible word now, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. But you, you would be in the most natural sense quite offended. Is that because yeah. they become friends over yeah. a period of time? Yeah, yeah, mm. absolutely, yeah. and they seem so sincere. Mm. And you, I, you know, you 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 also feel, I guess, a bit disappointed in yourself for having not seen it. I know, I know. You know, yeah, you do feel a mixture of feelings, and and I guess the sort of intro to this album, Night Elm on Mare Street, was yeah, it was just me observing. Yeah. Um, and me giving reasons as to why I did take some time away and at one point really consider quitting. And did you know what you were... Was it, I'm quitting because I want to do this, or was it, I'm quitting because fuck this, I'm just quitting and I'll figure out what I'm going to do after Yeah, it was more the latter. Right. It was, it was, it was, I'm still going to be creative, yeah. you know, but maybe really sincerely chasing a rap career isn't for me anymore, yeah. you know. Had you started to weigh up? options what you would do then i think i was just naturally i'd I'd started managing an artist uh at one point um and co-writing with her and stuff like so like i said i was always involved in lyricism but and always wanted to be but at some points just didn't want to be a rapper anymore do you know what i mean but now i do and what (laughs) what was the trigger for that good question you know i actually can't pinpoint it right I think I just thought, I don't know, maybe... maybe you did a week's supply teaching and you thought, <laughs> fuck it, I'm not doing it. <laughs> <laughs> I need to rap again. I just missed it. Missed it. I did it. I did it kind of like the reverse of how Eminem did it in 8 Mile. Right, yeah, I've yeah. got a job in a plant. I just, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. I really need to make this hip-hop career take off, man. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Coming back, you went away because, you know, you talk about the label and you felt like you weren't as motivated anymore. And so then 
you would your instincts might be when you come back to go well what's what's the sound that everybody's into now and now I'm going to sort of think about this is my comeback now how am I going to make this bigger how am I going to come back bigger and you have come back bigger but creatively and you've made an ama- well I've heard both of them now and they're both amazing records Thank and you. It's, I think it's the best stuff you've ever done. Thank you. And I think a lot of people are saying, you know, it's not just my opinion means jack shit, but I, I know a lot of people are saying that. Um, and, but what was your thought process? Because you haven't sort of tried to acquiesce to what's popular now, have you? I mean, you've no, definitely, not at all. this is your thing. So what is, well, I think how has I've, that come about? I've gone back to the, the whole, sonically, the whole album, part one and part two, you'll have heard yeah. sound just like they're from the 80s, musically, yeah. anyway. The production was all created with... It was just... It's all electronic. It's all synth. It's all 808. And um, I I kind of enlisted the um, like the production skills of three of my pals, and um, and they are all very interested in, in 80s music, not just, you know, not just synth pop, not just, you know, synthy music, but, you know film scores from the 80s um we we all discovered that we you know we love you know beverly hills cop we love back to the future yeah and and a lot of the guys in fact most of the guys are younger than me but they just have this like they they it's almost it's almost like they're 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 older than their years you know they they really really appreciate 80s culture so they were the perfect guys to kind of have yeah. create this record with me and um i decided that with with that kind of nostalgic music i would write about stuff that was happening before now you know yeah. I, I didn't really want to kind of rap too much about what's going on now it all had to kind of have that nostalgic edge lyrically, yeah. you know, um, for me. So obviously we, the, the album starts with me saying, telling people why I took a break and whatnot. Yeah. But then the rest of the album is a, you know, it starts with me, um, you know, how my fashion sense was, my sense of style was kind of formed, you yeah. know, who, who I looked up to and, and it makes me feel nostalgic listening to it. And I just kind of hope, I, you, you always put out a record hoping that, you know, through some keywords, people will be able to relate. But it is very personal. Yeah. This is one of those rare occasions when the bouncers see that you're wearing trainers and tracksuits, but still let you and your gang through. You pissed off some well-dressed dudes in that queue. Fuck them. If they ever get into the function, I'll be at the bar where the alcohol's free. And the horniest woman in the city of London is trying to get drunk with a capital D. A lot of dudes looking really dapper in here. I look like I'm in the pub having a beer. So if she leaves here with a tramp with a beard, I'll be GQ's worst. 80s is cool because whether or not you're listening to it uh, and you are you you could be in your mid-20s or you could be in your late teens you will have had some sort of even if it's just a brief insight into 80s culture you probably have seen i don't know uh home alone yeah even yeah yeah Yeah, it was i think that going up from from an 80s angle was the perfect um, it's, it's what I relate to the most right. and I feel that 
it's had the most lasting effects on culture up until this point, that, uh, that decade. And is that something you're going to keep? Are you going to keep with that thing going forward or is it these two albums? And I think that? it's just this, yeah, because it's one album, but it's two parts. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it will pretty much be the Night Elm on Main Street part one and part two. Right. And then we'll think of the uh, the next direction when the next record comes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did he sample any 80s tunes? Or? We didn't, no. We, we just, you know, we listened to a lot mm. of... Um, of 80s music you know around the time that we were um i you know i listened to 80s music all the time but we consciously you know soaked up stuff you know um around the time we were making that's i mean that's the reason why that's one of the main reasons why i love stranger things so much oh same same do you mean it's just that sort of whenever you see a show that's set in that time you just get drawn so to it straight away Absolutely. I'll forgive a, I mean Stranger Things is brilliant anyway regardless of the, it's, it's time setting but you know it, it, you're already in aren't you when you sort yep. of when you sort of see that it's got that vibe about it or whatever yeah it's uh, no it's, it's a great it's a great record man and being dropped by the label did they are you not in t- I take it you're not in touch with anyone from that label now. No, I'm, you know, I, ma- I made some really good friends being um, on on a major label. My one of my best friends, Rachel, was my product manager right. at the uh, at the label. So I, I didn't I didn't I didn't sort of come away from the experience with absolutely nothing. I actually, you know, in the grand scheme of things, like I said, there was balance in it. There were a lot of negatives, but it just happens to have been the negatives that you know pushed me away yeah. from from rap they, they, they seemed to outweigh the positives but yeah. one of the massive positives don't get me wrong was um, my good friend Rachel right so and, and yeah I you know there are other people that I met along the yeah. way um, so it's not it wasn't as cutthroat as you turn up in the foyer and you can't get in through the door and then oh, no, comes no, no, no. and goes you can just get the fuck out well, <laughs> you know I say it wasn't but in essence it's like you don't even you know everything's done by email anyway right so and and at the time i had a manager so it was kind of the conversation was had with him yeah as well so you know someone else kind of breaks the news to you right and stuff um you feel like you feel shut out even more than if it was physically Mm. going to a building because you're like because that is in essence like don't even come to the building (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. you change (laughs) addresses It's, it feels a bit like that, you know. I remember I did a I did a run through for Channel Four, and for this new show, and I and it was for me hosting, and I did the run through, and I thought it'd gone well, and everybody said all the right things and said, "God, Ramesh, like you can host and like blah blah blah," and then I found out via email that Channel Four had liked it. And gone forward with it, with every single person involved, with one exception. <laughs> wow! <laughs> and that that feeling is one you feel angry because you sort of think, first of all, everything that I was told in that mm. room was bullshit, and secondly, you doubt yourself. And and being made to doubt yourself, you sort of think, oh, okay, maybe I'm just not good at. And and you, I had to, I went through like. A period of just sort of thinking. I'll be honest with you. I did think about quit. I, I've thought about. I've, I've thought about quitting a lot, actually. To be honest with you, yeah. but like that was one of the times where I really thought, "Oh, okay, I can't." The, everybody else. There's a message there. Everybody mm. else is good enough to carry yeah. on, except for you. You can't help but think to yourself, 
you know, what am I going to? Should I carry on doing this? Yeah, and, it would be. It would be genuinely. You'd have to be a sociopath. Yes, for that exactly. Not to Exa- shake yeah. your faith yeah, in yourself. Exactly. You'd have to be a sociopath. Yeah, exactly. And like you sort of go. I always think about. You know, you're supposed to. I know comedians that started out at the same time as me, and they were great, and they gave up, right? And so whenever I watch X Factor or something like that, Mm. and somebody comes on who's obviously got some sort of mental issues, but they seem to have no problem with putting them on TV, but they sort of like, (laughs) they sort of sing terribly Mm. and they're awful. And people go, why doesn't somebody tell them they're shit? And you go, well, hold on a minute. They're chasing their dream. They are believing it despite what anybody else tells them, right? And somebody else will come on, like some star, and they go, people are telling me no, but I just kept on going for it. And we respect those people (laughs) because we think they're good. So if you're going to respect those people, you've also got to respect that person who's absolute dog shit (laughs) because they are ignoring all of the evidence. They're ignoring what everyone's telling them and they're following their dream. And you have to respect that. (laughs) They're shit, but you have to take the the rough with the smooth. You do have I start thinking, am I one of those people? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'm one of those people that's fucking appalling and they're putting no me on stuff for novelty you. value. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got to see this Get guy. He thinks he could do stand-up. <laughs> you will not believe it. you got to see, look, watch how shit this geezer is. <laughs> I've 100% for like one second of my life thought that. Yeah, at one yeah. point. Am I one of those guys? Yeah, for yeah. Real? It's I hard, think, though, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Some things just shake you to your core. Yeah. You know, they do shake your faith to your core. And um, I think that, that tenacity is... Um, the, the, that tenacity of that, like you were saying, that that sort of a uh, section of people on on X Factor, yeah, it, it, everyone everyone could do with a with mm. a with a sprinkle even. Yes, a hundred percent, a hundred percent, because that self doubt is it's horrible. Yeah, it's fucking horrible. Um, how how happy have you been with the response to part one? Oh, yeah, ecstatic, man. Yeah. Um, I love the fact that you know what what it is is that. It's nice to see that so many people who are big fans of the first album have heard the second album. Yes. That's the main thing I've got from it. And um, the whole experience has been great. We did a we did a show at the Moth Club. Yes. Like the album in its entirety. And I've always wanted to do a show like that, yeah. you know, where you just do a body of work. You don't do... Necess- did you do chat in between and stuff? Or? Well, we what we did was... Because uh, it, it was at Moth Club, it, the scene was n- was lovely. It's an yeah. old um, veterans club. Yeah, in- Mo- you Rupert. Yeah, you- I do gigs. Yeah, there. of course. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So you'll know exactly the aesthetic. Yeah. And it's just so 80s, isn't yeah. it? You know? yeah. So I thought the mood it. has to be right. Mm. In between the album songs, um, I decided to play um, stuff like... Um, other tu- like Others, yeah, like Computer or... Love, right. for instance. Right, right, right. Yeah. You know, songs from the eighties that kind of had some connection, be it you know conceptually, yeah. um, or in in like production wise yeah. to the to the songs from my album. So I think it, it just it added to the experience. And one thing that people, anyone who made a comment about the gig, were like, it was an ingenious touch putting those songs from that era yeah. in between your songs from the album. Because one thing I did realize as well was that the live show came quite soon after the album. Right. And you can't expect people, you can't expect everyone who listens to music to listen to music on the same day of release. It's got to be. It's it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because you want to tour that, or you want to exactly. do that show, that gig, that album live. Mm. But you've got to give enough time for people to soak it this up. This is the thing. So I needed to, I wanted to kind of create a good enough experience for people who hadn't. I didn't want to make anyone feel guilty for having not listened yeah. to the to the whole album. Yeah. yeah. So 
I, but, and you know, I wanted them to feel entertained. So you stick a, a load of sh uh, shit that everyone can mm. sing along yeah, to yeah. in between the songs. Everyone's happy. Do you know what I mean? That's a good shout, man. Mm. And they were nice and warm for every song. Did that my stand up? Yeah, you could try that. Just play someone else's jokes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and now, so now here's Richard, Richard Pryor. Yeah, yeah Richard Pryor. No, I know my album. new stuff's not very good, but you should have seen Chappelle's show. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just put that on for you now. It's funny, right? And then doing okay, back to me. Subject, yeah. <laughs> that would be an incredible yeah. comment. You see Chappelle talking about so that? Confusing. I'm going to talk about that in a less funny way. Get ready. The English So that's how that topic could be funny. Yeah. <laughs> really hard to follow. Oh, that's the worst, yeah. though, when you're at a gig mm. and somebody else is doing something in the same subject area as you and you're about to go yeah, and you think, oh, yeah. I can't talk about the same shit. Yeah, that must be nause. That must be a nause. I've never really thought about that with, with, um, with comedy. Yeah, it's not you great. Can say, you can just say, I've got a better take on this. You yeah, can say that. Yeah, you can just say diss that. them. Come out and just diss the comedian. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that was, you. yeah, I mean, that was yeah, a route one. one that was a route one it. angle on it. Yeah. How about, uh, I'm going to talk about it with a little bit, a little thing I like to call nuance. Here we go. <laughs> I've got to ask you this because you mentioned it. Beverly Hills Cop 3, have you seen it? Mm, yeah. Wait, which one is that? It's the it's, one at the theme park. It is the one at the theme park, yeah. Wonderland. They're doing a new Wonderland. one. Wonderland. Mm. They're doing another one, yeah. yeah Beverly Hills yeah. Cop 4. Beverly Hills Cop 3, it broke my fucking heart, man. Oh, did you think it was shit? Come on, mate. I don't think I've seen it. I don't remember What's the story? it being shit. Is it like a, it's a, it's a, a baddie a, running a theme park? They were basically, yeah, they, counterfeit they, money out of the theme It was a front. Yeah. It was yeah. a front, and the guy, the Walt Disney of it was Uncle Dave, wasn't it? Yeah. Uncle yeah. Dave! <laughs> I don't remember it at all. Mate, and do you remember uh, the scene where he's on the the big wheel and he's jumping yes. from... Yeah, he's jumping from thing to thing. That was actually quite good. That was, I, really I, good. That was like, Fuck, yeah, that was good. But um, and when he when he goes when he went like when he doesn't he punch up one of the mascots? Yeah. Oh my god, that <laughs> shit. There's actually Beverly Hills Cop three. Couple of highlights. <laughs> Yo, mate, do you know what? You just said two things. I think this might be the best film I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I can't believe <laughs> that film is sick. I actually really like. But the thing is, I saw Beverly Hills Cop uh, three when I was still really young, right? And I. I've, I've come to realise even growing up that my bar is low, man. Yeah. <laughs> People are like, that was shit. And I'm like, what? Yeah. Well, what I, do remember, you mean? I remember I've been banging on to people about Golden Child. Love yeah. that film. I love that film. Mm. But I everybody remember. I've said that to. Yeah, says, everyone remembers about? it. Have you watched it? Film? Yeah, it's absolutely one of the worst films of all time. Is Have what you I've watched been told. it since? Yeah, and, and I'll be honest with you. The 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 special effects obviously have have, have suffered. Yeah, mm. That's, there's no getting around that. Um, but Eddie Murphy's hilarious in it. I mean, he's right? unbelievable in it. Only a man whose heart is pure <laughs> can wield the knife, and only a man whose ass is narrow can get down these steps. And if mine is such an ass, then I shall have it. I mean, come on, mate. <laughs> Fucking great. He's a genius. And then he's on the plane. And he's got that woman on there. He's going, Hamakana Samakana. Offered him the weird mate. Oh, it's fucking great. Yeah. Yeah. I'm fine. Thank you. <laughs> that film is quite. Some of the shit in that film is quite scary. Yes, terrifying. When I remember blood coming out of something. Mate, the porridge. Yeah. yeah. Oh my Why God. Yeah. Who thinks of that? Yeah. Horrible. Bro. So much so, right? That I, there was some like, somebody gave me some rice pudding and I put my spoon in it and this red jam came out from underneath. And Scream. I said to my brother, it's like the porridge and golden child. Yeah. And he got it. And I feel like that's why we're family, man. Shit's enough to I mean, there's other reasons, off. but 
There's only a niche number of people that would get that reference. Absolutely. It's like the porridge and Golden Child. Absolutely. Please, if you're listening, watch Golden Child. It's a great Yeah, and, and for some reason, it makes me think of Big Trouble in Little China. Mate, yeah, I watched that, that the other night. I see. I haven't seen it's, it since I was good. a kid. I fucking love that film, yeah. man. Um, there's a bit. So it's so ridiculous, by the way. I, I mean, I remember it thinking it was ridiculous at the time. But it's even more ridiculous it watching now. Be. Because he just goes and he, he's he's gambling with some guy, this Chinese guy in Chinatown, mm. right? And then he goes, I've got to go pick up my girlfriend from the airport, this girl. And he goes, oh, I'll come with you. Takes him to the airport. She immediately gets kidnapped. Literally, <laughs> within seconds of arriving in the United States, she gets kidnapped. He jumps into his truck. He follows him. And there's like a 15-minute sequence where Kurt Russell and his mate are just sitting in their truck watching shit go down. They're not even... They're just sat there. I remember. Yeah, going, this is some crazy shit. I remember a lot. Of yeah, the guy budget. comes down with the electricity and then, like, it's oh, yeah. fucking mad. Out. Was that yeah. the other big pointy Yeah, yeah, the yeah. big... Yeah, like yeah. Raiden. Yeah, yeah. Raiden, it's, yeah. Like, it's Raiden. It's, he's got the Raiden. They're all Raiden. They're all Raiden. <laughs> Everyone <laughs> Squad of Raiden. The weirdest bit is where... At the end, when they sort of save the girls or whatever, because he's trying to he's trying to find green-eyed girls or whatever, and he reacts like these two women are the only green-eyed girls. I mean, green-eyed girls are not that rare. Do you, do you, do you know what I mean? It was, sure, it was if, he, if he'd 80s. gone to Ireland, yeah, yeah, exactly. He could have found yeah, loads. Just book yeah. some tickets. Go to Dublin. Yeah, <laughs> have your fill. Dublin. Yeah, that would have been a great sequel. <laughs> Suddenly he realizes, oh, actually, I've <laughs> been waiting in America. Turns out to be a big mistake. <laughs> I was sort of trying to get into the accent without being racist there. What so. accent was that? Irish. It was. I can't remember the name of the demon guy in it, but eighties, eighties uh, American Far Eastern. I think is. The... Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, it's a great movie though. Yeah. And then it, I mean, it sets up for a sequel because yeah. he's in the truck, and then the camera sort of pans across, and there's mm. the monster is sort of hiding on the back of the truck. Yeah. That's the end. That's the final. Damn, shot I need of that to watch film. that film again. It's a good film. You got to watch it. I want to revisit all of the 80s things and, and number one, just decide was that film really shit? Yeah, and, and I know. Was I, I, I think because of the time? I think if we sit down and watch Golden Child, we're going to think it's shit. I've not seen it since, mm. but we'll see. I, I, I'd love to think it still holds up. And I'm excited about Beverly Hills Cop 4. Yeah. Are you yes. excited about yeah, it? Yeah, I am, generally. Yeah. And, and um, my the name new is Coming Gollum. to America as well. Yeah, that would be good. I gigged with Arsenio Hall in America, right? He's fucking funny, isn't he? He is, really funny. He did this thing where, like, he said, oh, I'd really like to introduce you as, like, a British comedian. You know, like, he goes, I want to sort of say, I want to co-sign you at this gig. So mm. I went, all right. I mean, I mean, I didn't go, all right. I went, fucking, of course, right, man. That'd be amazing. <laughs> Unfortunately, it went pretty badly because I thought that Arsenio was going to introduce me on. I'd open for him. And then I would, and then he would come on and smash it. Yeah. He went on. Oh shit. Did his stuff. Got a standing oh. ovation as he walked on, as he would and do. Then... Ripped the ass out of the gig, and then forgot my name. So it was such <laughs> a horrific. So he smashed the shit out of the gig. Bear in mind we're in LA. Nobody knows who the fuck I am, right? Smashes the gig. Standing ovation. Then he goes and uh, ah oh, shit. British uh, <laughs> guy. There's this British guy. It's the golden uh, child. He's, he's great. He's great. Come on up, Rajesh. And then I go up and just fucking eat shit for oh, 10 minutes. Damn. Still. Yeah, that's how that story went. So anyway, I'm, I'm going to... It's going to be a bittersweet experience for me watching Go Coming back. to America too. Yeah, for real, actually. Plug one, plug two. Guest plugs for you. Listen, man, we're out of time. Oh, man, it's been... Th thank you so much It feels like it's me, gone man. super quick, yeah, right? It does. It really does. Can we do a part three? I'd love to do a part three. This time next year. Yeah. We'll 
times. Yeah. Or like in the exact amount of time uh, that it took to do this one after doing number one. Okay, how long was Beverly that? Beverly Hills Cup 4 will be available by then. Yeah. How long was that though? How long ago was it you last year? Like probably three, four years Yeah, ago. three years. Okay. So we'll see you in three years. <laughs> uh, what, have you got, what have you got coming up next? Uh, coming up is um, mainly part two. Night yeah. on Mare Street part two um, is out in May. Okay. Um, but there's going to be some singles up until uh, up until there. And are you doing live shows? Hopefully. Hopefully tour part one and part two. Okay. Uh, I, I, I only did one headline show after part one. Yeah. Um, but I'm hoping to tour part one and part two. Um, and uh, But yeah, in the meantime... Part one of the Night Elm on Mestry is out to stream on all platforms and um, all my old music is as well. Yeah. I think that's um, people do forget about all the old yeah. stuff they've done. My shit is dope. <laughs> <laughs> you know that's what I mean? Fuck. Even the stuff I dropped in like 2014, it's yeah. heavy, you know? So I think um, just in the meantime, up and leading up to part two, people just listen to my old shit, whether yeah. it's the Night Elm on Mestry part one, Blame Miss Barkley, whatever. Just listen to my old shit okay well make sure you do do that and are you um, so you'll be doing live shows nearer the time then, 100% yeah okay listen man it's an absolute pleasure to have you on Mate, you are likewise. in the form of your life so thank, thank you, you for taking the time out to come and speak to us man thank I really you, appreciate man. it thank, thank you both you.